This is The Real Money Show. The number you need to know, one 214 1711 and Darren here, and the Queen of Diamonds, Nicole, is in studio today. Love having her here. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, John. Good to see you. We are close to Christmas. Very close. Right on the doorstep. Yep. You ready? Yep, I, absolutely. Oh, for Christmas or for the show? No, I'm not ready for Christmas at all, but I am not ready, so ready for the show, but the looks of it either. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the update, well, this is Actually, this is we're doing a show today. Um, which is the 20th, 20th yeah. Friday afternoon we're recording, mm-hmm. and uh, the next show will be next Saturday. You've done the math. And Sunday, right? Yeah. 27th, no, 28th and 29th. That's right. So listen in. Well, the market this week was fairly stable in both uh, gold and silver with a slight opportunity for a very good buy. Uh, but both, as we're taping the show, uh, gold and silver have climbed back up price-wise, closing out on the Friday afternoon here where we are. Gold is currently sitting in the 1205 to 1210 range, while silver uh, is up to about 1950 to 1960 in that range. Now, physical buying in Asia is going to support gold, and it did right at the $1,200 level this week. There was a slight drop below, and China is going to see continued strong demand in its Lunar New Year in uh, the months of January and February, as I suspect gifts of gold jewelry and gold bars, which is typical in China during this time of year, will be very strong. Now, they've had uh, a very, very big app appetite for gold coming into the later end of this year. We'll talk a little bit about it as the year progress, as the show progresses, but expect gold to maintain very strong support through 1200 for the remainder of the week and into next week. And uh, with respect to silver, I suspect that anything close to $19 an ounce is a bargain, uh, an unbelievable bargain, but I do not expect that silver will retest the, its June lows. Uh, we've only again in gold been below 1200 twice since June, and that was this week and back in June. So I don't suspect that buyers are going to get much of a break from there, but uh, we do definitely expect both silver and gold to hold in this price range. Talking about market predictions uh, weekly on the show, guys. Paul, you stated earlier in the year and several times that you thought the price of silver stood a chance of reaching $60 an ounce. What happened? Absolutely. I felt that the market was very, very undervalued. Uh, I still believe you were going to see $50, $60 silver very, very soon. I believe we're going to see $2,000 gold. I mean, I'm not on my own with these, these type of predictions. There are people that we talk to on a daily basis, uh, people that have been in this business 30 and 40 years that have been trading gold and silver, and they felt that silver could reach a high of about $100 and gold could have easily gone to $2,500. Unfortunately, the Fed was printing up money at the rate of about $85 billion a year uh, with quantitative easing. We had three rounds of it. It really didn't do anything for the Joe public, but it helped the banks because they were able to borrow money virtually at zero um, and, you know, buy up stocks. And the stock market has done extremely well. But if we look where, you know, the stock market actually is, I mean, we've reached an all-time high in the Dow. But if you go back four or five years, I mean, it really has only just gone above where it was five years ago in 2008. If you look at gold, uh, gold over the, even the last 10 years has gone from $250 to a high of two, two years ago of 1930 As we're trading, you know, taping the show, we're looking around about $1,200 gold, which is still, you know, close to, uh, you know, 350, 375% return over the 10 year period. If we look at silver, 10 years ago, silver was trading at $3.80. In May 2011, it hit a high of $49 and change. Right now, we're at 1950. That's still a return of 400%. The stock market hasn't returned 400%. There are some stocks that obviously have, but the same as I believe, and the same as a lot of analysts that we're looking at believe that the stock market is overbought, it's overpriced, and there is going to be a correction. You know, they, they want you to buy into the stock market. It's cheap money right was expensive money right now. Last one in is the first one to get hurt. So the Fed decided to taper this week. What happened there, Darren? Well, with respect to the Feds, Paul already alluded to it a little bit, but on Wednesday, the U.S. Federal Reserve tinkered with a small taper, uh, and it was largely expected by a lot of analysts. I myself did not expect it, and I'll be the first to say it, but it does stand to reason that as Bernanke ends his tenure as the Fed uh, chairperson, uh, he would want to go out with a small bang, and it's exactly what he did. Now, the Fed said it would uh, reduce its monthly debt purchases by $10 billion total, uh, citing a better 
better outlook for U.S. jobs market, which we all know is a bit of a joke. Uh, the taper reduces the $85 billion per month in bond buying marginally to $75 billion per month uh, or from about $19.6 billion per week down to about $17.3 billion per week. I know these are staggering numbers, but bear with me because it makes sense where we're heading in terms of being bullish for gold and silver. Now, although the move was not unexpected and therefore pretty much priced into the markets, uh, we were still surprised to see that stocks uh, in on the U.S. side responded quite well the day of. And they, as Paul alluded to earlier, the, the stock market hit another round of record highs uh, with the Asian and European shares rallying also. Now, some traders were surprised that risk assets like equities rallied on the reduction in quantitative easing. While gold came under pressure, so did silver, which is really counterintuitive. We expected gold and silver to rally back. And we didn't really get that until today. So we're seeing both gold and silver come back. But again, this was due primarily to uh, momentum traders getting out of their paper positions. Yeah, especially for ETFs. I mean, that's right. A lot of pressure in the paper markets. Remember, it is a segregated market now. There is no longer the two, meaning one. Uh, We have the separate bullion demand, which is physical, and then we have the paper demand, which is what has caused so much problems in these markets. So the bullion demand from the physical side is extremely strong in the 24 hours following the announcement. Yeah, we'll we'll get into more of the physical demand and talk about what uh, what the sales have been like on the physical market. But I find it interesting that we t- that that there's so much emphasis on what gold or silver does in when something's announced by the Fed. Uh, I remember when Greenspan was the chairman and he would raise raise interest rates a quarter point every time they they got together. Sometimes gold would go down. Sometimes it would go up. At the end of the day, it didn't really matter. But what you have to look at is more the macro picture. And the macro picture here is the money supply is growing. Whether it's reaching the masses is another story for another day. But ultimately, the balance sheet is growing every single day on the Fed. Whether they printed $1 trillion this year or $900 billion, you're splitting hairs at that point. So the, the market should be looking more towards what is going to be the long-term um, ramifications of all this money creation out of nothing. Value has to be made somewhere. Gold and silver have secured value for thousands of years. So you have to look, everyone, that gold is being vilified, no doubt about it. Silver is being vilified, no doubt about it. And that goes against all the fundamentals. However, everyone is being told to get into a a highly uh, overextended stock market. The the strangest thing is, though, the Fed's, on the books now, they've got $4.1 trillion they've bought in bonds and mortgage debt. Darren, explain what a trillion dollars looks like. Well, a trillion dollars, quite simply put, would cover an entire football field, the entire uh, the entire property of uh, the White House, mm-hmm. uh, and it would be stacked about six foot high in $100 bills on skids. I mean, if you can imagine that in your head, it's a tremendous amount. I like some of that. It's, it's enormous. It would dwarf <laughs> an, a, a jumbo jet airplane, for Pete's sakes, the amount of money it is, many times over. And, you know, the fact that the Fed is, is announcing this taper is nothing. It, it's really only Ben Bernanke looking at trying to make a, a clean exit or a clean getaway. He'll be remembered as as an evil person. Believe me, history is not going to treat him very well. He's going to be remembered for you know taking everybody. They were on the cliff. We were going to fall over. The world was going to come to an end financially, and he was the savior. All they did was actually just print money and print money, and the only people that got the benefit of it was the banks. It didn't flow down to you know general public. The banks got out of trouble, but even in Europe, I mean, they just got downgraded. You know, in Europe right now. Nothing has really changed in the world. If you look at what's happening in the economies, uh, is Europe really any better? Is Greece still going to be looking for money? Absolutely. Is Portugal doing very well? No. Ireland just paid off a debt, but they're not any better off. If you look at Spain, terrible. So if we look at the U.S., it looks rosy. They're talking about 6.5% unemployment. Come this month, 28th of December, I think there's 148 or 128,000 people are going to go off the unemployment roll because their 99 weeks are up. Now they're going to go from the unemployment to welfare. welfare. They're never going to find a job because they're going to get that paycheck and food stamps. I'm not saying that that's bad, that you know, we should look after people you know, that need it. But the economy is not that great in the States, and they make out that it's just wonderful. You need to be in hard assets. You really have to protect your hard-earned capital, your hard the money that you make. 
a Guildhall We Sell physical product. Darren was talking about being traded. This month they sold off, actually this week they sold off ETFs to take the losses on the ETFs because they, you know, a lot of these Wall Street companies made money in the stock market so they needed those tax write-offs and they pounded down gold and silver. At Guildhall, we don't sell equities, we don't sell certificates, we don't sell ETFs, we don't sell futures or options on futures. It's a physical product. You take a 100-ounce bar of silver and drop it on the floor, it makes a clang. That is real money. So if you want to open an account or want to do any business with Guildhall, even though the prices, you know, I think right now are an unbelievable time to get into the market. Silver's trading at 1950, gold's just over, you know, $1200. You can buy gold and silver, you can take it home for immediate delivery. You can buy gold and silver and you can put it into our depository which is safe, secure and insured, or you can even, you know, go into collateralized financing where you can put up as little as 30% and finance 70% and we'll talk about that more in the second segment. John, why don't you give out some information and some numbers? The number to start investing only Paul said 1877214 1711 and guildhallwealth.com. Darren, do we still have a lot of gold standing for delivering the futures market this week? Well, you know, I've been on this about it this week, and we, I mean, this month actually, and we've been talking about it at great length. The truth is, right now, we do. We actually have, as of Thursday night, about 669,000 ounces or about 20.8 tons of gold standing for delivery in the U.S. futures markets for the delivery month of December against about 15.2 tons of available gold. It's very scary. The implications are far reaching for the gold market. I've not not seen it like this this late in the month in a long time and right now it doesn't look like a lot of these physical buyers are rolling over into other months or taking premiums to walk away and I mean if I look at it Paul was just talking about how to open an account for a thousand ounces of silver we could collaterally finance that account and literally a client for about 7200 US or maybe thereabouts around 7500 Canadian could own and control a thousand ounces of silver you get you get as little as a seven dollar eight dollar move you've doubled your money basically and that could be very easy in these types of conditions I've seen many a time since I've been at this firm uh, periods where in five or six days you get a four or five dollar move in the price of silver and you know what most people do john unfortunately they call you back you advise them you tell them the market's gone way up you don't want to miss the boat and they say i'm going to wait till it drops and before you know it it's two or three dollars higher from there and then before you know it spring hits and the price is 49 dollars an ounce you know and that means a lot of people are going to miss the boat so while thinking about it right now so long as you're convinced of the same long-term fundamental picture as we are at guild hall you should be adding stacking silver right now, gold right now, natural fancy color diamonds right now. We'll take a short break. The number to call one 214 1711 online at com. When we come back, we'll talk about an article that you wrote, actually, Darren. That, and as an investor, new or otherwise, what are my chances of getting some physical gold and silver with Guildhall? That's coming up in The Real Money Show. The Real Money Show, the number to start investing, one 214 You want to go online, it's guildhallwealth.com. Catch old shows on iTunes to catch up. Uh, Darren, you wrote an article called Financial Media, Laughter, Tears, Frustration, and Exhaustion. Uh, basically, uh, you take on two major measurements of the U.S. economy, which got published on a number of really good bullion websites this week. Give us a, a brief summary. Well, basically, you know that I'm a fan, and I've talked at length about the difference between what the financial headlines say and what the reality is behind the headlines. And there are many examples of that throughout the year that we have discussed, among them inflation and where it's really at, uh, what the amount of printing actually is, and what the, t- the true debt is. Two of my favorite measurements, however, of how an economy are doing are housing and employment. And those are two very big statistics that give us an overall good snapshot. And in this essay, basically what I tried to accomplish was to chew to, to chew down a couple of different very large macro points into a few small different uh, uh, segments here. And one was on employment. Now, if you look at employment, they have reported that it has been consistently dropping, unemployment that is. And it's gone from about a high of just a little over 8% at the peak of the financial crisis down to 7% more recently. And the truth is that if you look behind the numbers, the numbers actually prove a different story. 
one of the main reasons that an unemployment number has been falling is because more and more people are falling out of the realm of the actual statistic being measured, meaning they are no longer looking for work. Yes, they're capable. Yes, they could get a job and they may be working, you know, for cash under the table. We don't know, but they no longer get measured. And that happens in droves and droves and droves. Paul alluded to it last week and he'll probably talk about it again today. But in the new year, we are about to see a few hundred thousand uh, that have been receiving uh, social benefits, social welfare, or different types of, uh, of, of uh, assistance in the U.S. fall right off the table. And that has been delayed. And of course, what's going to happen as a result is you'll see unemployment drop because of it. Now, if you look at a couple of charts that I love looking at, one is called the Civilian Employment Population Ratio, which is made available by the St. Louis Fed. It's, it's something that's published. It's public uh, information. It's in the public domain. Anyone can go and see it. It's free of charge. And this is actually uh, a chart which shows us what the percentage of uh, people is that are participating in the workforce. Now, it has fallen dramatically since 2008, as everybody can appreciate, from about 65% down to around 58, 59%. Now, that's not a big number, but in terms of the total population of people no longer looking for work, that's a huge number. And it's held for about 50 months in and around that 58 or 59%. So despite unemployment dropping, the level of participation in the actual employment force has not risen, meaning we're not creating new jobs in the U.S. We're merely using the numbers and massaging them the right way to give a headline that suggests that the economy is getting better. In addition to that, if you were to go back and look at the participation rate as it stood in 2008 and use the same mathematical equation, unemployment all of a sudden jumps from where it is at 7% to 11%. And of course, you know full well that they're not going to allow that to happen because that would mean a major problem in the economy and they don't want that to be the case. Now, if you tie that in with the housing sector, which is talking about what is happening, maybe many of our listeners will recognize this month was a month full of headlines about housing starts in the U.S. being very good in the month of November. In fact, the highest in five years. However, what they don't tell you, and you need to go again behind the headlines, is that in fact, the majority of houses being bought right now in the U.S. are being bought not by first-time homeowners, not even by guys like us or you, John, or anybody else that's looking to speculate, maybe have a second house or a piece of real estate. No, in fact, the majority of homes are being bought by big institutions. Look up BlackRock and find out exactly how many homes they buy. They have built a $6 billion portfolio as of this year on the expectation that real estate in the U.S. is going to rally. They are buying the homes. Speculative big institutions like J.P. Morgan are buying homes, and they are getting into the real estate game faster than it's ever happened before. Now, what does this do? It massages the numbers. The headlines tell you one thing, but behind them are another. What, what, it, what it demonstrates in many respects is this break between Wall Street and Main Street, that Wall Street's getting in on the real estate, hoping that they can continue to create the effects of a good economy. If they mess with the numbers, they can create the effects of a good economy. But at the end of the day, you're still looking at a cracked mirror of Wall Street and Main Street, Wall Street making all the money and Main Street doing all the suffering. So it's curious to see what the Fed will do when they get their unemployment numbers to where they want them to be, but they, they find out that those are all just illusionary numbers anyway. What happens then? Do we continue doing QE? QE was, was brought in in 2009. Here we are 2013. We're still doing quantitative easing. And let's be honest, even if you take it down $10 billion, it's still much more today than it was three, four years ago. So I'm curious to see how long the, the U.S. can, can keep this facade of, of power on, behind their, their money. Because remember, fiat money is just the full faith and credit backed by the United States. And the Fed is losing credibility daily. The other thing is as well, if you look at the trade, not as much the trade deficit, but look at the budget deficit, total deficit of the U.S. government. Right now, it sits at $17 trillion. In the first segment, Darren told you what a trillion dollars looks like. It's an incredible amount of money. That's $17 trillion of debt that the U.S. is carrying. That's, that's supposed to be on the books. If you look at off the books, there's another $180 trillion that's going to be passed on to kids, future kids, grandkids, their grandkids, because of Medicare and Social Security. 
you can own the the U.S. government is not in the business of manufacturing. They don't, you know, get money by manufacturing goods. They get money by collecting taxes, and they're spending quicker and printing more money than they're collecting taxes. If you've got right now six and a half, seven percent unemployment, which is really eleven percent unemployment or even higher, and then you've got so many people on welfare, you can only subsidize so much. There is one in six people in the U.S. are on food stamps. It's incredible. One in six, that's about 48 million, are on food stamps. How many kids in the U.S. go to bed hungry every night? It's incredible. This is supposed to be the richest nation in the world. It can't manage the business of, the, of running a government. Right now, they, they're waiting till February. Otherwise, we're going to get this ceiling again about a budget. Everything that you read is not what it is. I mean, the emperor has got no clothes. I mean, it's as simple as that. A little kid saw the emperor and said, the emperor's got no clothes. We're telling people, and so are the smart people, that sooner or later, this is going to come crashing down. You need to be in hard assets. Why do you think at auction, colored diamonds is an example, a diamond that's with a reserve of $60 million, not everybody's got $60 million to spend, is going for $80 million. Um, it's just in incredible what diamonds are fetching at auction, what antiques are fetching, what antique cars, anything of value. Oil paintings are going for $130 million, $200 million. People do not trust fiat currencies. Jeremy was talking about paper money. When you keep on printing and printing, you are confiscating people's wealth. At Guildhall, we encourage people to own gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. If you want to buy gold and silver, you can take it home for immediate delivery. It's a great thing to own. If you want something that's secure but you don't want to put it in your house, you're worried about you know, being, it being stolen or robbed, you, if you're buying silver, it's quite heavy, you don't want to put it in a safe deposit box, you're better off putting it into a depository like we have available to you that is safe, secure, it's insured. Or as Darren spoke about in the previous segment, you can even get into collateralized financing. You can buy a thousand ounces of like. Let's give you a quick example. If you bought a thousand ounces of silver today, it's going to cost you around about twenty-one thousand dollars with commissions. Not everybody's got twenty-one thousand dollars to to spend, but if you use collateralized financing, you can put up as little as thirty percent. You're putting up about seventy-five hundred dollars total, and you're controlling a thousand ounces of silver. Let's look at the market. If silver was to move up seven dollars and fifty cents, you've doubled your money. If it only moves up $3.75, you've got a 50% re return. If it moves up $1.87, you've got a 25% return on your money. This is not rocket science. This is an unbelievable time to get into the market and make some money for yourselves. I said in the first segment, and you asked me a question, you said that I thought silver was going to go to $50, $60. I still believe it. That's my opinion. I think gold's going to go to $2,000. It's a matter of time. When the stock market, which it will come off, it will correct, it's at an all-time high, it has to come off. It has to retrace. And this is the time to get into gold and silver and a natural fancy colored diamond. one 877 online for more information. Go to guildhallwealth.com. Uh, Darren, are we going to see price inflation? We are going to see price inflation, John. Yeah. We, are, we are a step away from doing our January report, which I've done every year, on uh, price inflation of just the normal goods that you and I take home in the bags to eat. And I'm already starting to look at things and, and being amazed. I, I will admit one little thing that I uh, have uh, a tendency to do is to drink energy drinks. And I don't <laughs> drink coffee. I don't drink tea. I don't drink much pop. Uh, and really, that's my caffeine fix. So every now and then I have an energy drink. I was just looking at the one in particular that I like the most, and I won't say the name, but from last year to this year, it's a 13% jump in Come price. 13% jump wow. in price, and, I, and I, will, I will make the list available, but it is trending that way, and you never get the true... Uh, you never get the true snapshot if you're only thinking that inflation uh, is rising 1% or 2%. Well, if it's not the price going up, it's the package shrinking. Sure. And how, how often do we see that? We've got something exciting as well. I know it's almost, what's that today, the 20th as we're recording the show? Mm -hmm. Is that five shoplifting days left? <laughs> That's exactly what right. we have. We, you don't have to shoplift. What you need to do is if you want to buy a gift and you want something that is going to move up in value, in my opinion, um, we have a little special. If you want to buy one ounce of gold, uh, we'll give you a one ounce maple, silver maple leaf with it uh, as a little Christmas gift from Guildhall. 
So give us a call. John, give us the numbers. Yep. If you want to buy 10 ounces of gold, you'll get 10 one-ounce maple leaf silver. one 1711 guildhallwealth.com. You catch old shoes. Uh, shows rather on iTunes as well. We don't want old shoes. Old shoes. No. <laughs> stinky, stinky. No, no. Jeremy, question for you, though. How much gold or silver should someone own? That's a that's a mouthful. Uh, I think that uh, people should have start with 10, 10% of their net worth, 15%. Depends how you're how you're organizing your portfolio, but I, I do think a percentage is a good good way to go, especially as a hedge. Uh, we were discussing if you're financing it, you know, if you're financing silver today and buying a thousand ounces, that'd be uh, just over twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if your portfolio is a, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you're looking at ten percent. If you wanted to use financing, you'd actually only be putting in five a little over 5% into your portfolio and market moves up $10 and you've doubled your money, that's that's a great hedge on your portfolio. You've just gained 5%. So can silver move up $5 in the next year? I, I think so. We're looking at, at very low supply, extremely large demand. We'll go into these as you continue to listen to the Real Money Show or you can sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. We'll give you those type of fundamentals that you need to know in order to, in order to, to safely and confidently invest in these markets. I think if you're just going day to day and watching the price, I I think uh, you'd be um, disappointed with what you see. But what we see when we look at all the fundamentals, we're extremely excited, but we're watching those every day. Most people don't get access to that. So give us a call and we'll give you uh, access to the Precious Metal Advisor. Well, Paul's always said you don't day trade your house. Why would you do it with silver and gold? Well, you know, this is, as Jeremy was saying earlier, you should have 10, 15% in your portfolio. I still love gold and silver. Uh, actually, my granddaughter's in the studio with us today and my and every birthday I give my granddaughter and my grandson an ounce of gold. I've been doing this for seven years. You know, when we started, gold was trading at $550. It hit 1930 But even at today, at $1,200, seven-year-old kid has got seven ounces of gold worth, you know, $8,400. If I had to give her 500 on her birthday, she'd have had $3,500. Plain and simple, you're a good grandpa. Let's just say it, right? Very true. We'll take a quick break. The number one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven and online at guildhallwealth.com. This is the Real Money Show. The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven, guildhallwealth.com. While you were there on the website, sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor. Free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Nicole in studio, Queen of Diamonds is back. Good to have you back in studio. How are Thank you? you. And I'm Good. here with my little protege. I see she's my off for the Christmas Sarah. holidays. Lovely. Yes. Remember those days fondly. What have uh, what have you got for us today? Uh, well, today I have some great Christmas ideas mm-hmm. with our Wealth to Wear collection. So I wanted to just talk about a few of the items because not only are they investments, but if you haven't picked up a Christmas present for your sweetie, we have perfect, beautiful jewelry. So um, I wanted to start with a gorgeous pendant that's on our website. When you go to the Wealth to Wear collection, uh, Paul actually helped design this this pendant with his wife, with my mom. Wow. And yeah, and it's it's a beautiful 121 yellow diamond and it's encrusted in a double halo of diamonds. And then the veil, which is the little clasp that sits okay. at the bottom of the chain, that's also encrusted in white diamonds. And then the chain has some embellishment as well. So it's an absolutely magnificent piece. It really, really makes a statement. And that we have on for $55,000. And the diamond, being a VS1, is still investment-grade diamond. So you get to wear it and enjoy it and still have this beautiful diamond accruing in value. So that's a beautiful piece. And then if you're looking for something a little bit more budget-friendly, we have some beautiful floral pendant diamonds that I helped design, and they're just so pretty. They're little daisies, and they're about $12,000. The pricing isn't on the website, but you can call us, and yep. we can give you the independent appraisal as well, that uh, they came in around $20,000. And that's a gorgeous piece as well because it's just under half a carat, and it's an intense diamond and VS quality. So, again, it's still investment grade. I mean, a lot of our diamonds on the site that are loose are over one carat, but something small, independent like that, it's still going to accrue in value. Maybe not at the same rate as a one carat. Sometimes we, you know, we get in a package. Uh, when I buy a package of diamonds, it comes with some diamonds that you know, point five three, point five five, where you know the cutter and polisher wants to give us the diamonds, and we won't really put it up on the website because we tend to go internally flawless for investment over a carat in yellows. But these diamonds have such unbelievable depth and color 
that I can't resist. Like, for example, I bought this diamond that I put into the pendant. It's a VS1, It's but the color is so deep, uh, it's almost like butternut squash. So yeah. it made me buy the diamond, and to put in a piece of jewelry is just exquisite. Um, but I'm exciting as well, excited because we had a, just an unbelievable last one or two weeks. Uh, clients have been buying diamonds, and congratulations to everybody that bought a diamond. We spoke about the week before last and last week about how we had 15 diamonds reappraised. And in actual fact, we sold nine of those diamonds uh, to our clients. Great. Oh, 10. ten. Sorry, I wow. beg your pardon. 10 uh, within the two week period before we changed the price. And we did change the price on four or five of the diamonds already because I've just brought into the studio three diamonds that I bought this week that I've just had reappraised, or appraised, I should say. Uh, and let me tell you about these stones yeah. because they're just beautiful. I've got a 107, fancy, vivid, internally flawless, but it's a marquee cut. Nicole, why don't you tell... What a marquee cut. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite cuts. I love uh, marquees because if, if you think about a football, that's kind of the shape where it's okay. pointed at the top, pointed at the bottom. And it's so unusual and it's so rare and it's so elegant. So I, I tend to favor pears and, and ovals and marquees shapes because they're different. Now, with yellow diamonds, we traditionally look for radiance and cushion cuts because they maximize the color. But the benefit of a marquise is that it's different. So anytime you get a different shape, like a pear, oval, or marquise, that holds the color well, because traditionally these shapes don't always hold the color evenly, then there's a premium on these cuts. So I I personally love this cut very, very much. It jumped out at me, particularly in combination with the vivid uh, color grade because it's so highly saturated and it's just exquisite. The color is so rich and like Paul was saying, golden and it's just really, really beautiful. And, and the thing is, the, one of my suppliers brought in actually 12 diamonds for me to look at and out of the 12 diamonds this week, we actually purchased three. So the other nine diamonds went to somebody else. No, you're discerning, that's why. Um, yes. every, every diamond we sell has to meet a criteria. It's all about the color, it's all about the cut and the clarity and obviously the caraway. The other diamond, one of the other diamonds I, I bought in, and, and if you want to know the price, call in on Monday. Uh, we'll be happy to discuss the prices with you. Uh, another diamond I brought in was a one and a half carat, 1.5, natural fancy vivid yellow, internally flawless. Now, this stone has an unbelievable scintillation. What that means is the colors come off of this stone, reds and blues and greens, when you're under light. Yeah, Paul is is a big stickler for the scintillation, and the scintillation is the patterns of lightness and darkness. So in the trade, we call it the sizzle. So when you put this diamond in front of the light, it looks like it's in a pan sizzling with color. It's just sparkling, it's radiating color. Um, fire are the flashes of light that come off of the diamond when you move or the diamond moves. And this diamond has it all on top of great color. It's got the brilliance. It's got great fire and it's got great scintillation. Is that so, this one sitting right yes, beside me? Yes, so you can see it glimmering and sizzling in the light there. That one there. <laughs> uh, and then we have one That's more other crazy. stone that we also brought in. It's a 1.53. It's a fancy intense and it's an internally flawless and it's a radiant cut, again, a magnificent stone. Now, the, the type of diamonds we sell can, are fancy, intense, and vivid. Uh, this stone is an intense, but it was borderline vivid, so it kind of caught my eye. I like the stone, and it is significantly less expensive than buying a vivid, but it's still an, a very expensive stone. It's a beautiful stone. 1.53 is a stone that will make a beautiful, beautiful ring or a pendant, um, you can see, John, the colors that are coming off of that stone right now are just incredible. i got to take benefit, a knee. This thing is unbelievable. Yeah, and the benefit of this one in particular is anytime you reach over one and a half carat, you're now jumping into what we call magic numbers, which is every quarter carat. So to have a diamond at the just over the one and a half carat mark, that makes a very good investment piece. What's the shape called? That's a radiant. Oh. Radiant is, is a square, basically, with rounded corners. It's as awesome as what it is, Yes, right? and well, that holds the color the best. Now, something this size you, you would take and you'd put into uh, a safety deposit box, an heirloom, keep it forever? Absolutely. Or you, you could make this into jewelry if you, you can were make so it bold, into, yes? into jewelry, which is what we call wealth to wear, and we work with the most talented designer 
in Toronto that just works exclusively with color. And he's just incredible. The details that are, are that he puts into each piece just on the back and, and every bit of, of the setting is just remarkable. But even if you're not putting it into a piece of jewellery, which we call wealth to wear, you can still put the stone away, whether it's for five years, 10 years, 15 years. Natural fancy coloured diamonds tend to double every four to five years. Our vivid diamonds have gone up really, really high in the last six to nine months. Our suppliers are putting the prices up as much as 35% on Vivid Diamonds. They are so incredibly hard to find. Now, for example, Argyle Pinks, they're doubling really about every three years. Blues are going up. They're doubling every two years. And reds seem to be doubling almost every year. If you could even find a red... Um, you know, 30 years ago, you could have bought a one-carat red for 30000 Today, you're looking at two, two million, two point three million. if you can find a carat in a VS quality in a red diamond. They're so, almost impossible to find. So if you're looking to retire, whether it's in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or you're looking to put your kids through, you know, school, university, this is the ideal investment that you can make. Whether you buy a fancy, we start off around about $12,000 a carat. Um, or you buy an intense, which is a great stone, great starter stone, intermediate stone, or whether you get into a vivid in the yellow. Our gold pinks, we're having an awful time getting VS quality. That's what we sell, VS quality in Argyle pinks. I can get SI1, I can get SI2, and I can get I1, but they have a lot of inclusions, and they are not investment grade. So we sell VS quality. We have a 0.53, a 0.59, and a 0.81 up on our website, Argyles, that are impossible to get, and the prices are going through the roof. If you want to buy, a, for example, we have a tender stone. It's a 0.81. If you want to make an investment, and I have one that I own. There's one up on the website. I think we've got it on right now. For you know, two hundred and seventy-five or three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I'm not sure even what is going up. The price keeps going up. That's the type of stone that you can put away for ten, fifteen years, and you're going to get a seven-figure return on this type of stone. The number one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven online at guildhallwealth.com. In actual fact, as as well, that I'm very fortunate. My daughter is in you know is in my company. She is a GIA graduate. She's a diamond grading expert, and she helps with every stone that we pick. She knows the stones. She knows the dimension. She knows what color to look for. The cuts, and you can't put a price on that type of experience mm-hmm. and that type of knowledge. You know, you have to have extens- do extensive courses to become a GIA graduate. It's not just something that they give you a diploma. Nico, why don't you tell what, you know, we do for our clients when they purchase a stone? Absolutely. Well, first it starts with the process, which you were just explaining. And it's we start by looking at a GIA grading report. And GIA is the world's authority on diamond grading. And we will look at the dimensions, we'll look at the plot on the GIA report, but it's so much more than that. We have to examine the diamonds and we have to see if it has the right brilliance, if it has the right fire. And that comes from the way the cutter has arranged the facets in the diamond. You know, we will see a lot of diamonds that Though the dimensions look right on paper, when you see it in person, it doesn't have those qualities. And we call that a Guildhall color diamond. A Guildhall color diamond has to be beautiful. It has to be the highest saturation. So, for instance, Paul has such a good eye that he'll get fancies, but they're bordering on intenses. Intenses that look like vivids and vivids that have the most color. So it's very important when you're looking for a diamond and you're looking around on websites. First of all, the color, it's hard to tell. You know, on websites, we try to to um, we go to great lengths with our photography to make it as as real as possible on the website that it translates. But you really do need to see them in person. So we always encourage clients to come into the office and have a showing. And you know, we'll teach you how to use the loop and what to look for. But it really comes down to what a Guildhall color diamond is, and that means exceptional color, extraordinary cut, and the proportions have to be right so that the the um, light hits the diamond in the right way to return light to your eye, and that's what makes it sparkle and give it that that Guildhall flair. So that's what we do for our clients. And then on the other side of it, we also make sure that our pricing is competitive. We're, we're not a store, so we don't have all the retail overage. 
and overhead rather, and we pass that on to our clients because it's important that you see the return. And if you're paying too much out the gate, it's going to take you too long to realize that return. So that's very important for us as well. We also offer an independent appraisal with every diamond, and this is what the replacement value is. So if your diamond is lost or stolen, you know what the replacement value is. It's not a retail appraisal. It is an independent appraisal. We also offer the GIA grading report, and that's very important. A lot of companies will offer a dossier report, which is a half report, and that doesn't give you all of the information. You need that as well. I could tell you that I've seen these diamonds on the website, and this entire segment, I had the three of them sitting beside me. These things are incredible. You need to come by and see these diamonds Absolutely. and make the investment for sure. The number is one 1711 Online, we'll be back with another segment of The Real Money Show. And more of The Real Money Show, the number one 214 1711 online, guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor, your free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Uh, Darren, question, what are your thoughts about where the uh, broader markets uh, are at this point in time that could be heading for another recession, possible? We think that it's possible, but also you'll remember if you've been a long-term uh, listener of this show, then you'll know we've held to the belief that we've never really left the recession. Things have gotten better in certain areas, that's for certain, but uh, because the the effect on the Canadian marketplace was so much different than what the effect was on the U.S. marketplace, uh, it's a different set of circumstances here. But if I look at that broader picture, it always goes back to the world's largest economy. And for me, the U.S. economy is 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 tipping back into recession again right now as we speak. Corporate profits are at record highs and... I believe they're set to fall. Stocks are extremely overvalued, and all these add up to a real problem for long-term investors today. If you look at the classic method of valuing stocks, which is the P-E ratio, the profit-to-earnings ratio, uh, it's comprised of market cap relative to earnings. If earnings are at record highs today and stocks are already overvalued, I mean, how high will P-Es be when earnings begin to contract with stocks at these levels? Uh, you don't have to look too far to guess what's going to happen. We've seen a recent uh, spat of terrible results from corporate America. Uh, in the last few months alone, we've seen disappointing earnings at uh, Caterpillar, uh, Microsoft, Google, uh, Discovery, Amazon, Win Win Casinos, uh, Win Resorts and Casinos. I mean, the list goes on. There's dozens, and I literally mean dozens of ways uh, that the headlines have attempted to craft a better view of the economy uh, than what is the reality. You can you can look at assets they've written down. Uh, they've altered depreciation methods. They've manipulated bad debt expenses in accounts receivables. Uh, the game uh, they they've gained the closure of deals. They've taken one time charges. They've utilized derivatives and they've used these mark to model valuation of assets and, and the list goes on and on and on but if you look at the market as a whole you'll see it's safe to assume that because these numbers have been so massaged we expect that there could be a fall from grace so to speak but look at the mining stocks i mean look how they've been taken behind the shed and had the living daylights kicked out of them well they have and i mean if you look at it i have a list in my office right now paul we've discussed this we certainly don't give advice on stocks and any of that kind of a thing we we stick to the bullion and to natural fancy colored diamonds all physical assets but I have a list in my office that's a mile long of companies that have lost 90% or more of their stock value, have cash in the bank, zero debt, and are pulling product out of the ground. That list you gave, that gross, I'm really shocked by Google and Amazon. Yeah, that, to be honest. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they've, they've lost money, absolutely. They have not Good. had great reports. You know, and that's that's a that's a it's a it's a state of affairs. I mean, the way they report Scary. it is is sometimes different. The way they tell you or highlight certain parts of the earnings is different, and they certainly key in on certain segments of those reports to make it look as though it's good. But earnings can be manipulated any number of ways. But revenues, they cannot. Uh, either money came in or it didn't. Uh, but with that in mind. We've in the last few quarters, uh, we've seen revenue misses at, you know, beyond there. Merck, Molson Coors, Clorox and McDonald's. A lot of this money is kept offshore. It is. I mean, it's on their figures, but it's kept offshore. If they had to bring that money back into the States, they would be taxed at an unbelievable rate. Um, So, again, you can massage any figures you want. It's like walking into a warehouse and, you know, you've got the auditors coming in and you've got empty boxes on the shelf, on the high shelves, and you're pretending there's merchandise in there. Um, it's smoke and mirrors. I mean, I said before, I just believe uh, this is like the, the emperor's got no clothes, the U.S. market. Uh, the stock market obviously is due 
you know, due for uh, to come off. And the last one in, when you're, you're buying in stocks at the highest possible price, is the first one to get hurt. Canadians tend to own a lot of, you know, small stocks. I mean, how many people do you know uh, that own a 1,000 shares of Google trading at almost $1,100? Or, you know, uh, Apple stock. You know, can you own a 1,000 shares of Apple? The only people that own these stocks are hedge, com- hedge funds and big mutual funds. The average investor you know, tries to buy a stock for $3, $5, and these are the stocks that have been pounded down to 12 cents. I mean, that mm. is the stock market right now. So we believe hard assets is still the way to go. You need to own gold and silver. It, from where we are right now, silver trading at 1950 gold trading just above $1,200. I think this is an unbelievable buying opportunity. All you have to do is have one thing. It's patience. You just need to sit back buy. If you're buying on a weekly or a monthly uh, period, you're buying the product, you're going to cost average, you're going to make money in these markets. I've seen this market over, you know, we've been in the business since 2002. As I said, I've seen silver from $3.80 go to $49. I've seen gold, you know, as low as two fifty and go to $1,920. I still believe we're going to see $50, $60 silver in the very near future. I wish I had my crystal ball. Mm. wasn't so cloudy, and I could give you a day and a date when I think it was going to happen. But the way the U.S. economy is, the way the stories come out, we get more head fakes from the U.S. Fed than you get in a hockey game. I mean, every story, every week... Every figure that comes out is always altered. We don't know. But I can tell you right now, you know, the Fed, they knew the figures that, you know, what was happening. Uh, they knew um, this week the uh, GP went up to 4.2 or something. To 4% as we correct. Yeah, they yeah. knew the figures were, were there. Um, so, again, somebody let the cat out of the bag. Stock market went up 300 points. It's the Christmas rally. I'm waiting for January. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in that first quarter, the second quarter. Were the retail sales that good? Is everybody, is the actual Joe Public waiting for Boxing Day sales? Are they waiting for, you know, to reduce product? Even on this weekend, they're going to be shopping. Retailers are dropping their pants. They're dropping the prices like crazy. I mean, if you look at gold and silver, one thing's true. They are in competition with one very big asset, and that is fiat currency, paper money. And the feds know it. uh, The higher institutions know it. The central banks know it. But yet they are themselves deemed the smart money because they're on the inside. They know what's happening in the markets. They know what the trends are in place. Paul just alluded to that fact when they talk about decisions being made, knowing full well they're going to have a good report about GDP. But the reality is we always have to look behind those headlines. We have to ask ourselves where that GDP growth came from. Who's pushing it? We know it's not the little guy. We certainly know there's not growth in the business sector for entrepreneurialism. Uh, we know that we're not seeing the mom and pop businesses flourish like they were post or, or prior to 2008. But if you look at the big situation here, what it is is there's a tremendous growth and a tremendous uh, increase in debt. Here's an interesting point. You know, the car sales in the States, I think, are about 16, billion, 16 million this year. Uh, every car that is manufactured in the States has to have a catalytic converter. Catalytic converters, you need to put either palladium or platinum. Yet palladium and platinum haven't gone through the roof. The stock market's gone through the roof but not palladium and platinum, nor is gold, nor is silver. It's actually been pounded down. We believe in, you know, that gold and silver and platinum and palladium, and, you know, they're all precious metals. Silver is a little different. It's not only a precious metal, it's used in everything that's virtually manufactured today, whether it's a hybrid card, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a flat screen TV, whether it's your cell phone, whether it's a microwave oven, there is silver but it's not a type of silver that you can recycle. You know, it may, when it gets to $100 an ounce, you're going to have somebody in a third world country picking it out with a pin of everything that's in, you know, in exactly. old computers. But right now it's not. But you've got to look at where the markets are. You've got to look at your future. You work hard for your money. You have life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, but are you insuring your capital? Silver and gold. Silver's from its high is down almost 60%. Gold is down about 40%. What a bargain. What a time to get into the market and make money. 
I, you know, and the other thing is as well, if you're looking for a last minute gift, you know, at Guildhall we sell physical gold, silver, platinum, palladium. You can actually take immediate delivery. If you're looking to put it in the depository, we offer safe, secure and insured a facility for your collateralized financing. We offer that too. But if you're looking for a last minute gift, if you want to buy an ounce of gold, 9.999 pure gold, we will give you with every purchase a one ounce silver maple leaf. You want to buy 10 ounces, you're going to get 10 ounces of 10 one ounce maple leaves with that order. And our prices are extremely good. We compete with everybody out there in the marketplace. The number, one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven 1711 guildhallwealth.com. I just read moments ago, BlackBerry down another 4.4 million or billion or some crazy number. Right? Well, it's very simple. You don't have to look far into that case. If you don't exactly. change with the times, you fall by the wayside, and that's the fact. The reality is today that technology grows faster than ever, and if you refuse to accept the change in that pace, uh, you fall by the wayside. You become irrelevant, and that's what's happening. But uh, with respect to what the assets are and what the markets are telling us, don't be fooled. If you are sincerely looking to invest hard-earned money uh, and you are looking to do it in a smart way, it's not the only way, but it's certainly one that has had tremendous success over the past decade. It's long-term. Never measure a commodity's value by the short term. It's not the smart thing to do. When you buy gold and silver, it's not to be bought today, only to be sold tomorrow. You're looking at a long-term picture and you're adding this to your portfolio. Whether or not you're buying today or tomorrow or three months from now, ultimately that's going to be up to you in your own pocketbook. We're not here to test that. But that being said, the best investors, the ones that have made the most in this market with Guildhall, have been contrarian investors. They don't wait for the flock of seagulls to come along and, uh, and, and, and snap up these high prices. They buy when there's nothing there, when nobody's interested, when the price of silver is 19 measly dollars an ounce and the price of gold is around 1200 Those are true bargain basement prices, and they look really good in a long-term portfolio. And this is why, you know... Uh and if you look at China and you look at India, I mean, India has got right now a tariff of 10% import tariff on gold. Um, there's more smuggling going on in India. Uh, I mean, you know, do the Indians like gold? Yeah, they like it more than curry. That's, they've always loved gold. It's something that they know is, has true value. Uh, Chinese, they love gold. I mean, you know, they buy 100-ounce bars and they melt it and sell it in grams. It's always been value, and they realize that it's real money. You know, out in the East, they really don't trust fiat currencies. They really don't trust paper. They're looking for hard assets. Gold and silver, natural fancy colored diamonds is the way to go. Question for, uh, for Reese, your boy, your favorite, gold, silver, diamonds. Come on, Reese, Darren's son. Diamonds. You've got him well-trained, my friend. That's it. He loves diamonds. My daughter loves diamonds and gold. So do I. There you go. You want to get on board, one 1711 online at guildhallwealth.com. You can catch older shows on iTunes. Nicole, your daughter's here as well. How about I, I, I'm imagining diamonds would be her favorite. Yes. Thank you. It's slowly becoming mine as well after seeing the three that were sitting here for half the show, guys. If you want to invest, you should start now, really. Again, that number, one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven guildhallwealthcom And when you're, de- yeah, when you're dealing with Guildhall as well, John, I mean, we're a family business. You know, we've got our kids, grandkids, and my grandkids here. in the studio. If you're looking at the next generation of, you know, my son is in the company, my daughter's in the company, my son-in-law is in the company, and these are the kids of the future that are going to be in the company. Uh, if you ask my granddaughter what she wants to be when she grows up, one of the things she wants to be is a diamond expert. Um, that's great. I mean, it's it's just wonderful that the tradition will carry on. You should be in the company of some wise investing, and you can do so with gold and silver bullion and natural fancy colored diamonds. The number one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven guildhallwealth.com. While you're online, to sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor. Free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. We'll do it all again next week. Tune in to another edition of The Real Money Show. And it's Christmas and the three wise men, three wise men bearing gold, silver and natural fancy colored diamonds.